Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Stanley Kurtz is with us again. He is a senior fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and he's actually one of the leading commentators in the entire country, I would say, on matters of cultural and educational uh, import. Uh, He is often at National Review and elsewhere, other places. He had an article recently entitled, Bogus Civics Bill Will Push CRT on States. That is our topic today. Welcome, Stanley. Welcome again. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Now, your article, we jump right in, gives us an update on efforts to improve civics education in America. Uh, the, the, this bill, the, what, what the Democrats mostly are pushing, this is going to really improve civic knowledge, civic understanding, and civic behavior in, for all young people in the United States. Is that correct? <laughs> well, not exactly. It's called the Civics Secures Democracy Act. Usually these titles mean exactly the opposite of what they say, of course. It's $6 billion federal dollars over a period of six years, a billion dollars a year, for supposedly for good civics. Uh, in reality, it's quite the opposite of that. Uh, most of the money will go to competitive grants to the states. And right off the bat, we're into bureaucratic gibberish. What does that mean? Competitive grants to the states. It means the federal government has a gigantic pot of money, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it says to the states, come and get it. You can have all this money. We know that you need cash badly. There's just one catch. You've got to win the money in a competition, and we set the rules of that competition. And this is how the federal government gets around the prohibition on dictating curriculum for school districts and for states. Federal government doesn't have to to, uh, formally say, we demand that you teach X, Y, or Z. Well, Stanley, let me, let, me, let me interrupt you for one moment, so give us a, li- a little more background. Why can't the federal government dictate curriculum? Well, it has to do with a minor little detail called the Constitution. The Constitution reserves all the powers not explicitly granted to the federal government to the states. If you look at the Constitution, there's nothing in there about school curriculum. That means the states are in charge of it. And the states uh, take some role in that, but they traditionally um, delegate uh, direct control over curriculum to local school districts. So we hadn't even had a Department of Education 
at the federal level uh, for most of the history of the United States. And I think it was Jimmy Carter, right, who established it at cabinet level. Is that correct? I believe so. And the, and uh, to this day, many conservatives say we ought to abolish the Department of Education. But uh, the federal government manages to get around these constitutional strictures. And it, the bill itself contains something called a rule of construction. Rule of construction says nothing in this bill shall be taken to authorize the Secretary of Education to dictate curriculum. Well, that's they always point to that, but it doesn't do anything. All they have to do is offer you money and stage a competition where they control the rules. This, by the way, is how Common Core was pushed on 48 of the 50 states, and now to some degree all 50 states, by the federal government. All they because had to that do... was a That they dangled the so-called race to the top funds, correct? Exactly. They it was staged a lot of money. A lot of money. Hundreds of millions, just like this. They staged a grant competition, and they said, you can have all this money if you win the competition. Oh, by the way... The rules award you extra points if you adopt Common Core. So right away, almost every state adopted Common Core just to be able to participate in the competition. Even if they didn't ultimately win, they, they already adopted Common Core. So the federal government was able essentially to bribe the states into changing their curriculum uh, without any constitutional authorization. And the same technique is being used here. And if I remember correctly, only six states did win Race to the Top funds. It's incredible that you could get all the states to change their curriculum just for the off chance that they might win a grant. So in this case, uh, what we can, I think, very accurately anticipate is that the Biden administration is going to give a preference to grant proposals from the states that uh, include critical race theory and another radical practice called action civics, which is essentially where you require that students uh, complete a protest or de uh, lobbying expedition to get credit for their civics class. And the reason I say that we can anticipate this is because early in the Biden administration, they issued priority criteria for grants in civics and history. Uh, and, and what they said was, if you want to win a federal grant in civics and history, you really ought to take Ibram X. Kendi's work, who's, a, of course, a very prominent critical race theorist, and you really ought to take the 1619 Project as your models. Now, after a gigantic public blowback against that rule, they reissued the rule and they removed the explicit mention of Kendi and 1619. The gist of the rule which clearly was favorable to critical race theory, stayed the same, but they took out the most obvious hint as to what they had in mind. But it doesn't really matter because they telegraphed their priority through that rule to all of the bureaucrats in the states that would apply for this money. And whatever their explicit rule says, uh, once uh, the bill passes, it's already understood that they favor CRT and action civics, not to mention the fact that the bureaucrats, even in red states, in education departments, almost uniformly lean left. 
they want to have uh, an excuse like they did with Common Core to tell their governor and their state legislature, well, we had to apply and uh, offer critical race theory because uh, the feds wouldn't have given us the money. But the truth is the leftist bureaucrats are in league with the leftist federal bureaucrats, the state and the federal all want critical race theory. So we're just seeing a rerun of Common Core, but now in the area of civics and history. And given budgets in education, is it almost impossible for state-level secretaries, legislators, education committees to say, no, we don't need that money. We're, we're, we're We're not going for it. That's right. It's very difficult. You can do it. Governor Rick Perry of Texas was, again, one of only two states that at least did not participate in the initial competition. And he said no. But of course, the media and the Democrats in Texas held that over his head, hammered him continuously for harming the state. So he did it, but he was in a relatively strong political position in Texas. Most governors don't have the um, stamina, shall we say, to to do that. And so there's a, a grave danger they'll collapse. Now, it's true that some states have passed legislation barring critical race theory. It's a very interesting question as to what will happen when the ir- irresistible force hits the immovable object. If a state already has bans on critical race theory, what if the uh, application... But remember that a lot of this works in code. Let me give you an example of the code. And the code is built into the bill itself. The bill doesn't say critical race theory. What the bill says is we will favor projects that help the underserved, the underserved, and that remove achievement gaps in civics between the underserved and everyone else. Well, what do we mean by the underserved? The underserved is generally understood to mean uh, poor and minority and recent immigrant students. Now, that might sound great, and in a certain interpretation, it would make sense. We have students in poor districts, so they can't afford uh, civics courses and curriculum, so let's give them some federal money so they can they can uh, purchase um, Uh, material or hold uh, teacher training seminars in good old-fashioned civics. Let's make sure they learn about the federalist system and the three branches of government and checks and balances. Unfortunately, that's not what underserved means anymore. The uh, dominant theory among the education establishment nowadays is that if you want to wipe out achievement gaps between the underserved minorities and everyone else, you have to change civics. You have to change history. You have to make them into CRT. You have to make them into political activism uh, against the oppression and institutional supposed racism of the United States. So while a Republican looks at the bill and says, oh, it must be just giving money to districts that don't have a lot of financial resources, the left can use that code phrase, underserved, and the state uh, bureaucrats can uh, put in their application, we will help the underserved. And it won't be till the last minute that they throw in all the CRT. And for one thing, Stanley, we can look now at the history of this kind of neutral language 
and see, okay, what happened? Well, what we got is at the implementation phase, at the selection phase, a highly tendentious choice was made over and over and over again. And the amazing thing is that the educators, the, 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 the left-wing educators, they weren't very subtle about it. It's, it's right out there for, for people to see. Now, why? You note in your piece that you know, one of the ironies here is that you mentioned Rick Perry in Texas. One of the main co-sponsors of this bill is from Texas. And a few other Republicans have come on board. Why are Republican senators in solidly red states backing this movement? I think there are two reasons. The first reason, which applies most directly to the politicians, is that literally they are dupes. They are naive. They do hear the word civics and they get a, a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. They do assume that it will be teaching the three branches of government and federalism and checks and balances. And they don't understand that in recent years, the left has co-opted civics and turned it to these completely contradictory, really anti-civic purposes of CRT and action civics. But there's another reason as well. This, there, the movement for the Common Core was part of an education reform movement that was bipartisan in its leadership. And the conservatives, who were very sort of, shall we say, moderate conservatives, to be polite, um, who were in that movement, they consciously decided not to make a big issue out of curriculum. What they wanted to see was a relatively uniform curriculum across the country, or at least standards across the country, and testing that would uh, hold schools accountable through testing. And to get that, they sacrificed uh, the curriculum, and they knew that the left would have the lion's share of control over that. So when these prestigious establishment conservative education experts go to the senators, and they're at top sounding think tanks and they say you really ought to do this the senators nod their head and listen to the so-called experts so we have a division between uh conservative education experts like you and i who don't want to play this game anymore and want to uh, make sure the curriculum is good and the remainder of the conservative education establishment which has a very different perspective let's take a break to discuss the annual first things intellectual retreat in the heart of New York City on August 19th and 20th, participants will join our editors, writers, and fellow readers to discuss death and mourning. In small tutor-guided seminars, we will ask, along with the philosopher Joseph Pieper, what actually happens when a human being dies? We'll ponder virtuous death with Seneca, we'll weep with Hecuba at Hector's demise, and struggle with Polycarp and Sir Gawain to face death courageously. If you'd like to join in this rich conversation, purchase your tickets today at firstthings.com backslash retreat. That's firstthings.com backslash retreat. Part of this comes out of this project, the Education for Democracy Roadmap. And we actually talked a little bit about that a year ago. Is that part of this as an inspiration? Is it going to be a model? for 
uh, the curriculum choices that are made? Maybe you should tell us what the roadmap was and where does the roadmap stand today relative to these current moves? That's a great question, Mark. The roadmap, or really the Educating for American Democracy project, is a large coalition that is overwhelmingly dominated by the leftist advocates of critical race theory and action civics, with a few moderate conservatives mixed in as a kind of fig leaf, shall we say. And that they put they published something called the Roadmap, which was a very uh, general guide to how to teach civics. I find the Roadmap itself highly problematic, but really, in my view, the Roadmap is just an entry point to get credibility. For example, the people who did the Roadmap uh, quietly, without much publicity, said in their internal documents that they want to make sure that the NAEP test, the National uh, Assessment of Educational Progress, which is famously called the nation's report card, it's a federal test, they want to conform that test to the Educating for American Democracy project. And this is just like saying that your textbooks all have to be aligned to Common Core. If that is declared by the people in charge of the federal test, then pretty soon, uh, the people in this coalition will be able to control the curriculum and whatever the roadmap says or doesn't say, they'll be able to stamp EAD approved on any curriculum module that's released by a leftist CRT or action civics group. And the uh, teachers will eat that up at the local level because they'll think it'll, it'll make their students do better on the federal test which, according to this bill, is keyed in to whether you get money from the federal government in the future. So really, it will allow the left to take control of the curriculum with, again, this smidgen of participation from conservatives who've more or less given up on curriculum issues. So this is exactly what's going on. There are a series of overlapping organizations. There's something called the CivX Now Coalition, which is the main backer of this federal bill. Essentially, the leading uh, groups of that coalition are the same people running the Educating for American Democracy project. And if you look at what they actually do, it's heavy on critical race theory and action civics. So this is all a lot of smoke and mirrors for Biden to get money over to the leftist history and civics groups with a sprinkling of money that will go to the centrist conservatives who collaborated. You know, I, I wrote about the earlier version of the bill, and one thing I pointed out was that this billion-dollar-a-year bill earmarked $150 million for schools of education in universities. Now, schools of education are probably... Are they the most hard-left segments of the campus? <laughs> I cannot think of a worse collection of institutions to channel $150 million a year in federal money to than woke ed schools. And it's worse than that. They're, the reason the woke ed schools are going to be getting that money is to create teacher preparation programs that they will then, uh, there will be in incentives for local school districts to collaborate with their local woke ed school to send their teachers to professional development seminars 
So what you're really doing is licensing the same institutions that are currently creating critical race theory and action civics curricula and saying, uh, find a way to force every school district in the country, even in red states, to send their teachers to be trained by these pro-CRT ed school bureaucrats and teachers. And uh, this is what we're signing up for. Not only that, another pot of about 150 million, 200 million, something in thereabouts, goes to these actual nonprofit groups, like, say, a group uh, called Generation Citizen, which is super far left. They are an action civics group that works closely with schools, not only in blue states like Massachusetts, but in red states like Oklahoma. Really, their goal is to flip the red states to blue. And again, not only will they be getting a giant pot of money, but you can bet that the state will be more likely to win one of these competitive grants if they promise to collaborate with nonprofit groups like Generation Citizen. I just wrote a piece about Georgia in which Atlanta schools, public schools, collaborated with one of Stacey Abrams' lobbying groups, which literally portrays Republicans as evil and lobbies against the Republican-backed voter bills. They just ended up doing a significant amount of teaching in a collaborative arrangement with the Atlanta public schools. And th that's the kind of partisan and biased collaboration that will be licensed, uh, whether we like it or not, by this bill. Of course, they won't call it partisan, and the school will say we're, it's all nonpartisan. But this group is a partisan group in reality anyway. It, it seems to me, Stanley, that one place, if the politicians, the bureaucrats, they're, they're very hard, very hard to reach on this. I mean, there were three Republican secretaries of education who backed the, the roadmap. And I presume they backed this new version of the bill. Lamar Alexander, was it uh, Rod Page? Bush one, Bush two. And, and Margaret Spellings. Why did they sign on to this? Because, I mean, they're supposed to be traditionalists, right? Conservatives and, you know, America, civics should have a degree of patriotism to it, not uh, an anti-American guilt theme for the, the U.S. past. Why are they on board? Well, I'm speculating, but it's educated speculation. I believe that they listened to the experts from the conservative education establishment, who, with whom, frankly, they share this philosophy that we need to have a bipartisan education reform movement that, yes, may cede relative predominance in curriculum matters to the left, but at least allows us to get some quasi-uniformity across the country, which in turn allows us to do testing that, uh, through which we can compare states and school districts. I, I really think that uh, they've uh, traded away their inheritance for a mess of pottage, so to speak. Well, what I was going to get to is on the curriculum matter, last fall we saw the parent movement uh, erupt 
here. I, I'm in Northern Virginia. You're in you're in D.C. So we know it was it was ordinary people, not professional educators, not politicians, not journalists. Uh, it, it was people who saw curriculum at work, the books, the homework assignments, the lesson plans. Uh, is there any sign of the parent dissatisfaction drifting over in, in, into sort of the more formal civics courses or civics issues? I think it's beginning, but uh, that that really is a crucial question. We know that CRT uh, is uh, widely known. It could be even more widely known, but it's relatively widely known. And there are active debates in the states over legislation. Some states have barred it. Others are considering it. Some states attempted but failed, but may succeed in the next year. Action civics is less well known, but really it is the active form of CRT. And of course, um, People do understand history and the importance of that, which is part of civics as well, uh, through the 1619 project. But action civics remains mysterious to people. I think the parent groups are catching on. One problem is that action civics has only been mandated by law in two states, Illinois and Massachusetts, and the pandemic came along. So you didn't see a lot of uh, collective student uh, protests as part of their civics classes. Uh, during the pandemic, we could barely even convene school during the pandemic, much less get all the students out into the street protesting. But I do think uh, public knowledge of, of this issue is increasing, and uh, I'm, it's very exciting to see these parent groups gathering steam. And there have been many proposals for additional legislation, legislation on curriculum transparency, which is crucial to enforcing the CRT bans and which will reveal a lot of other problems. You mentioned how much the parents are alerted by curriculum. Imagine there was a website continuously updated where you could see exactly what the curriculum was, not just the textbooks, but even handouts that your teachers were passing out. We now have a legislative proposal to do this. Uh, we have a practice of diversity statements in higher education where they force professors to pledge fealty to diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, even K-12 schools increasingly are asking for that kind of statement from prospective hires at the K-12 level. Well, there's now legislation that would bar that, and there's a lot more. So uh, if this spreads beyond CRT to action civics, to transparency, to diversity statements, and to many other areas, uh, we could see um, a massive cultural shift, but whether we're at that point is not clear, but we could be. It's possible. Uh, I would say that probably the worst moment in last fall's Democrat campaign for governor uh, was when Terry McAuliffe said, no, I don't think parents should really, I mean, in so many words, I don't think parents should really decide what, what kids should be learning in school. And boy, did that cost him. And I just wonder how many Republicans are realizing that this actually is a very much a political winner. If you look at the education roadmap, I looked at it closely. It does have some stuff about the Constitution, you know, the traditional issues of civics and some Supreme Court decisions. 
but it has a lot of other highly ideological, questionable items. For example, one, one section asked for a lesson plan through these guiding questions uh, on, on the query. This is for first and second graders. What is a family? Now, why is family structure, which can be a very delicate issue for, for six-year-olds, hard for them to understand? Why is that? An, why, why would that question be in the civics democracy roadmap, Stanley? Right, exactly. The reason, of course, is that uh, the left now wants to call all of this into question and it finds civics a convenient umbrella under which to sneak in that sort of um, propaganda, shall we say. And so this is what the left does. Yes, they have a nod to the Constitution and the Declaration. Maybe if you get lucky, the Federalist Papers. But then they bring in all of the other more problematic uh, material. And uh, th this is what we're dealing with. And to get back to the earlier part of your question, I think the legislators, on the one hand, are beginning to wake up. But it's, it really needs to be said that in many states, even red states, attempts to deal with CRT legislatively failed in the last session. I think there are going to be uh, new attempts, but the legislators are often the slowest on the uptake. The parent sees what's coming back home, and they get upset, and they do something. Legislators, particularly during the legislative session, to some degree in their defense here, they really are very busy. They run. They hardly have time even to follow the news. They run from hearing to hearing, and it's hard to get them doing something new and to say something that never was a political issue, that never had a lot to do with what the public cared about or your re-election, now is that. And it's going to take a few years for that to percolate in, and we're going to have to work on it very hard. It's doable, and it's in process but uh, it's still an open question as to whether we'll succeed in making that shift. I'm cautiously optimistic, but it's going to take a lot of work. Well, you're, you're, you're doing the work. You're out in front, Stanley. The, the article is Bogus Civics Bill Will Push CRT on States. And you can also look up Stanley's other writings, mostly at, at National Review, as this issue's unfolded. Stanley Kurtz, thank you for joining us. Mark, thanks so much for having me. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.